0: Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Cary Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Welcome to Accelerate Show. I'm Cary Ransom, and today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio which is a new tech startup, company-building platform, and community here in Southern California. If you are looking for help with your startup, opportunities to work with the next generation of high-growth companies, or want to be part of the SoCal startup community, you can go to oc 4 vcom to learn more. I am super excited to have Pear Wellender with me here today on Accelerate. Before we get to hear from them though, I would love to tell you a little bit more about Pear. So he is currently the general partner at Wellender She Capital, which is an investor in areas of lifestyle, culture, and I would say the technologies that surround that. And you might ask why he would be good at finding opportunities in that area of lifestyle and culture. And I will say that you know in getting to know pair, Uh, and we'll talk more about this in a bit, you know, his name may be actually familiar to some of you if you've been around a while like I have. Uh, In a prior era of his life, he was actually a really good skateboarder, and I'll let him talk maybe a little bit more about that, but he was a key member of the Powell Peralta skate team back in the day, which uh, those like me who followed skating back in the uh, prior era know that well and uh, frankly i'm super uh, envious of uh, his skills and i'm sure my kids would love to uh, even see uh, some of the the prior footage of him in his skateboarding days. so we'll talk a little bit about that Um, he's also been a prolific entrepreneur and executive as well he's been super active in the action sports industry Uh, he was the ceo for example of blitz distribution which is really was in the heart of the lifestyle brands arena all over the world. And he did that for over 25 years. And he's also been a very active mentor and advisor and investor in startups. So we'll spend uh, the bulk of the time today probably talking about some of the startups. And we've actually just realized we've converged paths on a couple of them uh, already. Um, And then uh, in addition, Pear also as an MBA, as executive MBA from UCLA. And so we uh, both are fellow Bruins there. So I have to say, you know, go Bruins. Always great to have a fellow Bruin on as well. Per, it is great to have you on the Accelerate show this morning.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, so let's get to the starting line. Um, I gave a brief intro, um, but I'd love for you to introduce the audience to uh, well under she and really the kinds of companies that you're you're in, most interested in through it yeah so well under she capital our focus is really
1: on companies where you can add brand building through storytelling mm. um and that's mainly because of my background of building numerous brands in, in action sports uh, but i'm also realizing to pull in uh a pool of funds, we really want to lace that investment in culture or lifestyle or both with tech. So that's really our go-to mantra to really find ways to blend both, if it's a convergence, or independently a tech company where we believe branding can play a big role. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, we were talking a little bit before about some of the recent investments that you've made, and there's some pretty interesting ones. So um, let's let 's talk about a couple of those I mean an example uh would be bright, and uh, I think we both are have some familiarity with that but you, you know that's a recent investment why' don't, why don't you share a little bit about what got you and and your partner excited about bright yeah so bright
1: make makes smart beds um, and we have been having the luxury of uh, kind of monitoring them for six months. I'd like to be able to have that luxury of monitoring a company for at least six months. And they check pretty much all the boxes. First and foremost, we all need a good sleep, whether you're an athlete or a, or an entrepreneur or just a a person that wants to feel good. So it it kind of goes with the mantra of improving life and or work. So it fits that part in terms of uh, lifestyle. Uh, The other part that was great, the leadership is fantastic. They have a technology with patents. And what I do like is when our fund can bring not just uh, money to the table, but we can bring our network. I have 10 advisors from around the world. Mm. And if we can bring uh, anything of our experience plus uh, our network to the table to really leverage what they have built or is about to build, that's when we get extra excited and Eli, the CEO, and his whole company is very open to license this particular uh, technology to various uh, bed brands around the world. So that was just music to our ears. Mm -hmm. And then from an investor community perspective, it is a data play where the more data the company builds, the more value to the company and certainly more value to the user because I can take my profile what I have at home to, let's say, if I um, have the chance to stay at a nice hotel in, let's say New York, uh, some of these hotels would have these uh, bright enabled beds there. So I would probably start seeking hotels that have this uh, technology um, embedded, if you will, into the beds at uh, some of these places.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great example of you. I I, want to take that one just a step farther, uh, we have an investment in a really interesting company in the food industry. And uh, this is a founder, two founders that uh, have developed an app that allows you to really discover foods when you have particular health restrictions or diet restrictions. And part of the vision we also have for that company is this idea that you could have a profile that you could take with you. So eventually as you go to a restaurant, that restaurant could use that profile to help determine items on the menu or ingredient substitutions uh, as well. So, uh, I mean, it just seems like as you talk about it with sleep, I think there are similar characteristics in, in this scenario around food. How do you think about data as a key part of your you you talked about technology uh you know do you and your partner think about data as a as a key part of your investment thesis?
1: well my my skill set is i'm not an engineer and i'm not a coder nor am i Um, (laughs) but i i i do have advisors that are very good at it so i can be easily swayed to like data Mm -hmm. Uh, too much perhaps. So to me, the storytelling brand building component has to be there for me to get excited about it. But I also very understanding of that data travels and that is what people and investors are really looking for. So combining a data play with uh, uh, hardware and or software uh, in general uh, is going to be uh, helpful to make a case to bring in capital to, Mm -hmm. to the fund
0: mm mm-hmm. that yeah, makes sense. So another one that we, uh, we were talking briefly about is one that you invested in, I think you said last year, called Sezzle. So I think that's a good one to share as well. I mean, as, as I said, I, I met the, the founders of Sezzle uh, a couple of years even previous to that. And this is a, a classic story in my book where great founders, uh, they, they found the way. And so, you know, tell, tell us a little bit more about Sezzle from your perspective. Yeah. So Sezzle is a, a buy now, pay
1: later financial solution for mostly millennials that don't have credit cards. Mm-hmm. So you would buy, let's say, a fancy jacket online for $200 and you are checked for your, uh, I guess, credit uh, worth, worthiness. And if you pass, you get the jacket right away, you pay a quarter of the payment, and then you spread the rest over six weeks. So that that model made sense from an outsider looking in, knowing that very few millennials have credit cards. So that alone made it interesting. Now, but back to the, the business itself. So Charlie, again, great leader. He had a prior exit. He put in some of his own money. And he really looked for big, big opportunities. So he's a smart guy, surrounded himself with great co-founders and ended up in in this financial tech sector, which uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening is completely going crazy. Uh, FinTech is one of the fastest growing sectors and the returns can be unbelievable. So... To us, it was just nice to see. And again, in this particular case, the high risk here was there was no patents, but we believed with a good good leadership and great branding, they can have a very big shot at uh, getting themselves noticed. And already some of its competitors have been gobbled up by bigger players. So it is the consolidation process has started. But from our perspective, we are very proud and happy and and, uh, we have a little bit of that bragging right. Uh, We invested in this company in March of 2019 uh, and within three months, they went IPO. Mm -hmm. And now a year later, the stock is crushing it. So we look very good. We have nice unrealized return for this investment of the six that we have made. So we're super excited to, to monitor that and are going to start now selling off some of the stock um, as we see um, the company und- ideally grow uh, further.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing story. I mean, I- I'll say, knowing that I would met Charlie uh, before you, if, I, if we had met previously, maybe I could have joined you on that one because that's a, uh, just a remarkable story and, and congratulations uh, on, on that one. Uh, really, really cool. So let's go uh, under the hood a little bit deeper. As I, I said, you were a professional skateboarder early in life. Uh, and so that's a just a remarkable feat in and of itself. And I'm sure you have stories that we could, uh, you know, focus on for hours about some of those adventures. But what I really wanted to go into is, you know, how has that experience at the formative stages of life really influenced how you think about business
1: well one thing if you look at it from the person's perspective being a skateboard in this case mine it's all about drive i had this incredible drive to want to learn that next trick Um, and of course from the outside looking in uh, the adjective would be discipline Um, or he's obsessed you know? and yeah, you have to be obsessed about what you really love. I mean, you know, not what, what you really love, but in this case, something I really enjoyed. Sure. And I wasn't paying attention to much uh, as uh, around me other than I got better and better and better. So I think if you combine the wording of drive and discipline, uh, that's what i learned. Um, as a pro skater, you are an individual. And of course we were, kind of pioneers, we didn't have video when I learned, mm-hmm. we did not have coaches, we did not have manager, talent managers. So now of course the, the industry has changed uh, radically where they have a lot of, uh, skaters have a lot of help to learn faster, both on their skill as well as being helped to manage their career. All those things we had to do on our own. So you kind of learn how to build a business around your career. And then you just kind of cookie cut that and see, okay, What's it going to take to -hmm. learn the business of selling skateboards? So that was a natural transition for me. And I know to build the business, you need a team. So I identified at the time two very high profile skaters in Lance Mountain and um, Tony Hawk. I think uh, most people probably
0: know who those guys are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So together we formed a, a company, actually two companies, one around Lance as being the star and the other one around Tony to be the star. And I was kind of the guy behind the desk, Mm. pulling it together on doing the business plan, doing all the business stuff, uh, figuring out inventory, figuring out how how we're going to sell this, how we're going to market this. And I'll tell you a really funny story. I decided, you know what? I'm going to get a fax machine. I've heard about this thing called fax machine. And of course, you don't really think about, well, maybe you should, but I did. I thought, You know, fax machine makes sense. But the problem was, None of the shops had fax machines. So so sometimes you could be too early to to try to leverage that technology. Of course, fax machines are now things of the past, but that's when I really learned the best way to leverage uh, anything in building any business is to leverage technologies. Mm. And with skateboarding, I think it's very clear. First, when we started, we started leveraging the fact that families had VCRs in their home their parents would be watching Romancing the Stone, but uh, the kids or the skater would want to watch the end by you know, our, our company, the mm-hmm. Birdhouse. Uh, and then the next technology, DVDs, uh, DVD players, same, same players, Pioneer, Sony wanted every household to have one, so we leveraged that. And then the absolute explosion was when Sony who was the lead, lead, lead electronics company at that time before Samsung, um, they decided to come out with something called PlayStation. It's like, whoa. And all of a sudden Tony was able to get a name, uh, sorry, a game named after him. And of course the rest is history. It was a 10, 11 year insane franchise. Our brands became fantastically synonymous with cool and lifestyle, tied with music, tied with skating. You know, video games really put um, our brands on the map around the entire world. Mm -hmm. And then of course, moving forward, there's new technologies that uh, other brands have been able to leverage uh, that came after uh, the brands that Tony and I were involved in That To this day, our students still doing fantastic after 25, 30 years.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that story. So as you think about that transition now to being more of an investor, where you're working with entrepreneurs and you know what from that kind of experience when you talk about discipline and drive how, how do you uh evaluate that in the the entrepreneurs that you uh, that you meet well the, the
1: best way to answer that if i look at the leadership and evaluate the discipline and drive you it's hard to get that on one conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course now with COVID, you'd like to get the person in a different environment other than like you and I are sitting here over Zoom. Um, Now we don't necessarily have that luxury, but prior to that, I would have liked the opportunity to be able to meet an entrepreneur in a six months period. Uh, th- that's kind of my my time frame because you will have a chance to see a few updates. You may have a chance to meet them in one uh, or more sessions and not just them, but the team goes back to, it takes a team to build a company. Um, so I will basically decipher that in, 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 in a period of six months by really figuring out does this person have the drive? Does he have the discipline? Or she for that matter, of course. Mm-hmm. But also... Do they understand that they can't do it all on their own? Who is their team basically learning who they are? Where am I missing? Because you don't have to be perfect. And I know Mm -hmm. when they talk to an investor, they want everything to be perfect, but the idea is identifying what you need is a strength. And that would be part of figuring out, is this, does this person have what it take to build a company around their idea or, or service?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, that's great perspective I think you know one of the things that I do often uh, and I don't, I haven't talked about it a lot but I often will ask a founder in, in the early meetings with them to just put the slide deck away it's like I, I don't want to see the pitch deck that's kind of you at your best I really want to hear the story and I, you know I know you don't have it all figured out you know you don't have it all figured out let's talk about what needs to get figured out, what those needs are as you, as you talked about it. And I'd rather just have an honest discussion about it because we wanna help. If we're gonna get involved, we want to help. And I think you're, you're probably very much the same way. And that's, that's part of the excitement is really being able to, to help and be part of it. Um, and that this isn't just purely about uh, in, you know, putting money into something, right? It, yeah, it is think, being being partners in it.
1: Yeah, one one thing there that I really enjoy what you're mentioning there is uh, the concept of psychological rewards as mm-hmm. an investor mm-hmm. and even as a mentor. I've always enjoyed. Uh, of course, financial rewards are important. I mean, if you sure. if you uh, that you know obviously you have to put food on the table, but the psychological rewards tends to last longer. You feel really good about helping an entrepreneur, or being able to and the distance see, yes, I, I contributed to the success of company Y or whatever, that is my my best feeling. And, and I remember that from my days as a skateboarder, hmm. I would travel around the United States and do uh, skateboard exhibitions almost every weekend for years. And I remember sitting at an airport in Atlanta and looking across waiting for my airplane to to take off and I see this kid wearing one of the shirts, a mm. shirt mm-hmm. uh, with my graphics on it. And just to psychological reward of, I didn't have to go up to the guy and say, Hey, 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 you know, who, I'm, I'm the guy, not at all. It was more like that kid had a choice to go into a skate shop mm-hmm. and choose among all kinds of different shirts, but he choose that shirt. Mm-hmm. And that's when you feel like you contributed to him liking Paul Peralta and ideally liking, in this case, the graphics that I had on, on my board. That's like the one of the best feelings. But it doesn't just have to be, in my case, as a pro right. skater. It's the exact same feeling when you've been able to contribute to a company like Sezzle. Of course, very small contribution, but you still feel great when you have right. uh, provided some information that they've been able to uh, use and then ideally the company grows and everybody's
0: in a good place. That's right. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's what at the other day, this is a, this is a people, very much a people business, right? I think that's what, what I really enjoy about it. And you know, why I primarily spend most of my career in early stage startups is because especially at that early formative stage, it's, it's all about the people you, you have to get that. You, you mentioned team. And so I think we have a lot of, A lot of really similar views about about that. So thank you for sharing. So let's let's talk a little bit. You you know, you you have an amazing history in some incredibly influential lifestyle brands. Not just locally here in Southern California, but globally. You know, globally influenced. But a lot of that has been born here in Southern California. And I would say, even you know, you take the, the lifestyle brands. You take even innovative products and product design as well. And so I look at something like Bright as this, you know, this idea of it's a it's a lifestyle brand. It's pretty innovative, and then it's also this this idea of like connected and smarter, right? So it is that there's that technology convergence. So. As you think about particularly Southern California, where you feel like we've got the brands, the the history of brands. I think you have these um, tastemaker type folks that are here and you have even a history of hardware. And how do we converge that here better with software to really start to see more of that activity here? Because it just seems like all the pieces are here for this to be the, the world leader in that.
1: Well, the movement of getting it better has started. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to, in my opinion, the fact that things move faster and quicker now. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are going to be a good uh, investor, let's say, in Silicon Valley, and if you underestimate the power of the creative industries that are predominantly, mostly, I would say, in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. some here with the lifestyle certainly on the apparel and footwear Mm -hmm. side, um, if you look at Southern California as, as, a larger hub, we have something that Silicon Valley or New York or, or Austin or any of the other tech hubs simply do not have on the same level. Uh, I am very optimistic on the larger LA basin, uh, and hopefully Orange County will be part of that. And one reason is because the speed of how business moves now, you have more competitors quicker. Mm-hmm. So let's say if you're a US. company, you and I start a business today. We're going to have 10 competitors within six months. In China, it will be 100 competitors. Mm-hmm. So you have to really move quick, 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 quick. And one way to differentiate yourself will be through uh, storytelling. And there are no better storytellers than people in, in L.A. and then mm-hmm. a little bit here in Orange County. So I believe there will be a movement for the fact that the Olympics is gonna be in the US, sorry, LA in 2028. Uh, Putting that stake in the ground, you know, seven years before it's happening, has never been done before. So the influx of money coming into the LA larger basin is gonna be incredible in areas from health to gaming to lifestyle to you name it, everything. Uh, So I think it's gonna be a continuous growth of capital coming in, they will understand the power, more and more people can understand it. you have a smart engineer out of Silicon Valley and this equally a smart engineer out of LA. If the engineer in LA surrounds himself with super creative people, if you combine the creativity right. with innovation on software, you have a perfect mix. And I always say this too, and looking at Apple as an example, you are better off using branding as a longer lasting differentiator than even a patent because we all know from the Samsung Apple example, they sue each other left and right. That's part of doing business. Mm -hmm. It's a hell of a lot harder to sue Apple for being so great at design and and marketing. Um, And I think that's what we can learn from. Uh, And the best Orange County company that is the playbook for building a brand is Vance. Mm -hmm. So the Vance playbook you can decipher how did they do it? Of course, they did it over 40 years. um, And that's helpful that you have that heritage. But what they have done in the last 10 years is been remarkable. It is. And part of that is skateboarding is the root. Skateboarding is global, mostly in most countries, not still there's certain areas, of course, where it's difficult to skate. But it's very global and it travels well. And I think it has to do with wanting to enjoy something not just necessarily win and lose vans is very inclusive i like that vans is very uh gender neutral girls like it guys like it mm-hmm. uh, so i think that's Vance- what i
0: have on my feet right now oh, if, you, you know we're on zoom but yeah, uh, yeah. Know, but yeah i've got vans so, you know. so, so, talk about me, inclusive i i you know if i can wear vans it's very inclusive
1: yeah, no, that, that's that's uh, definitely a cool one. So I think that
0: yeah, gray, gray brand. better
1: times are ahead where there is a challenge though with Orange County in particular. We don't have a downtown. That hurts uh, because people, if you ask anyone in Italy what Orange County is, they're gonna think of an orange and mm-hmm. county, they're not sure what that is. Mm-hmm. But if you say Los Angeles, they're gonna think Venice Beach. Um, you may say, hun- you may think of Huntington Beach if you think Orange County mm-hmm. for uh, uh, certainly a, a 20-year-old in Stockholm who is sure. into rap or whatever, or into skateboarding. Um, but Orange County is, is, is definitely struggling with having a hub for cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a splash of it downtown Huntington. There's a splash of it in Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. But Orange County lacks cool. Uh, and that's a real challenge mm-hmm. and they need a center. So my big vision is if, if uh, and Carrie, you will be helping me drive this. We could build this around the uh, 405 Beach Boulevard um, corner or Golden West corner where the Westminster Mall is. Mm-hmm. That could become an ultra cool hub that even someone from L.A. would drive down because you've, I'm sure you've heard of the orange current. People don't want to drive don't even know what's there. Oh, I they've heard of Newport Beach. Uh, So I think if we can broaden the diameter of the epicenter, let's say that is LA, Orange County can be part of that whirlwind. And the last challenge we have, other than that there's no center, Orange County investors are exceptionally conservative, from my experience. Every person we have talked to, they like what our fund is doing, But they want to invest in either real estate or straight uh, medical devices, certain things that we don't touch. And I I respect that. So my job is just to to hopefully have more successes in my portfolio to show, hey, look, here we have cake motorcycles, you know, combining innovation, design and brand building. It's going to be an amazingly successful company. Uh, in my book, of course, I can't prove that until it is. So it is. That's right. uh, and, and we feel it already is. But in terms of returns, like a SESL, that's going to take some time. So we have some work to do to uh, hopefully get a new generation of younger people taking over the wealthy mm-hmm. uh, family offices and realize brand building, storytelling. And there's so many people in Orange County that knows digital marketing and brand building because they have worked for all the apparel companies of which many have been acquired and they have now been displaced and are moving into other businesses like Bright. Uh, Bright could use two or three people from the Orange County area who knows how to build brands. They may have worked at Vance, they may have worked at Hurley, they may have worked at at Volcom. Uh, Those guys and girls are brilliant at marketing and building brands. And if you combine the two, uh, with something like software um, and uh, data play, I think big things can happen on a level that even big investors going to go,
0: wow. I I totally agree. And I, you know, my the thing that gets me really excited about this conversation is you and I are going to find things to do together, and and we'll we'll help lead the way uh, because it's it's I think to to us it's so obvious that the pieces are here and the opportunities exist in the world and we we just have to be the ones to help connect uh, a lot of those dots and so um, great great perspective so many things that we can spend time um, continuing to dig into I love that you are sharing those with the audience because I know we're going to get a lot of follow-up from people saying I want to be part of this too because the the Momentum and energy around this is building, which is great. I mean, that one of the reasons I started this show was to to create more awareness, to really create more of the collisions uh, around these kinds of, of topics, because we have, as you said, amazing brand builders in some of these companies, like you mentioned, or stance or vans, or a number of, of just global brands that. Uh, we're born here and, and grown here and, and, and have flourished globally and, and created trends and vibes and, and lifestyle. And somehow it hasn't, to your point, it hasn't necessarily translated back here to a physical place. But we have to, we have to connect people uh, together and then really expose those people to, in some cases, technology. And new technologies that are, are emerging, and, and I'm starting to see more of it uh, in uh, the companies that are showing up at our door, which is exciting me uh, as well. So I think there's a lot, a lot of fun uh, ahead. I think you know what what it's going to require is for folks like us to bring these cross industry people together, because what I've experienced is they've tended to be very siloed. People have identified as I'm an action sports person or I'm a you mentioned medical device or I'm a software person or some or I'm consumer electronics or something and so I think some of those collisions we need to create are across industry too
1: well you play a really important role and I, I very happy that uh, you're pursuing all these good uh, uh, avenues to really make that happen make these collisions happen and allow a really strong personalities and companies to come uh, talk with you, I think it's super important. So definitely I'd like to see what I can help for you to continue doing a good job uh, oh, that as well. I,
0: there, there will be plenty, so it's, it's, it's great. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, you talk about the pace of change, which I totally agree with. And, you know, I always feel this pressure to just keep learning and keep innovating. How do, how do you do that yourself? It's simple. I surround myself
1: with smarter people. Um, I have the luxury of, hey, I I enjoy design. I'm not a designer, but I'm really into design. And I am definitely a brand fiend. Uh, So I surround myself. I have quite a few uh, industrial designer friends, Mm -hmm. the best in the world, I would have to say. Um, And I have friends that are mechanical engineers that are just, you know, MIT grads, you know, Mm -hmm. 200 IQ unbelievably smart people. Uh, and I really try to look at areas where uh, I'm not an expert and I, I enjoy uh, their company from a professional mm-hmm. perspective in terms of learning more. Um, so that's, that's kind of my way. But also before that, it's also about staying um, healthy. Mm-hmm. I really always said this to my kids and my wife, like if I'm not a healthy partner, I can't be uh, a good husband Mm. uh, or a good dad. So to me, wellness is really important to stay in shape and cardio is fun for me. I ride Mm -hmm. skateboards just about every day. Uh, So to me, health is super important. And then the idea of surrounding yourself with really smart people that has skills that you don't. And Mm -hmm. uh, in many cases you enjoy their company so much you spend time with them uh even on a uh, more of a social uh, level as well so that's that's my way of trying to stay uh, on top of what's going on
0: that's great i mean i think what i read from that too is you just are you you're incredibly open-minded right and i would guess um one of the the words that i really try to dig into deeply when i'm looking at partners or even hiring is the word curiosity and I, I, can just tell, I can just tell that you have that curiosity because I think, you know, for, for me, curiosity has always kept me very humble because it reminds me how little I actually know. And it's just so fun to go uh, start to learn and, and start to even begin to understand new things. Yeah. I think the curiosity keeps,
1: uh, I am very uh, enthusiastic, uh, as uh, very optimistic or so. Mm-hmm. But um, it kind of, it's the kid in me. I I just like to learn and then uh, just really enjoy the learning process and sharing that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be financially motivated at all. So like, hey, have you seen this new brand? It's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Where can I get one? So uh, curiosity, curious is a great word. To stay curious is a a good uh, trait.
0: Absolutely. So, Per, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Um, final lap here. One of the things that I always like to end with is allowing uh, my guests to share either, you know, ad- advice that they've gotten or key lesson that they've learned along the way. So if you think about, you know, a piece of advice or a key lesson you'd love to share with, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience. What, what would you love to, to share with them as a final thought?
1: Yeah, so first and foremost, um, you need to know yourself uh, in the sense that you need a team to build a business, um, and by knowing yourself, you're going to know what expertise you're going to, to need, so that's step one. Step two should always be the continuous thought of how can I be innovative, how can I add design to it? and can I add storytelling to build my brand around it? That should be like a continuous thing, and more of a specific thing that's uh, very hot and uh, important today. How can I look at my business and create a some sort of a recurring revenue model as an additional stream of revenue or main stream of revenue? That seems to be what I- investors look for. Is there multiple revenue streams from this business that can be had? And of course, uh, the holy grail is subscription, mm-hmm. uh, which sometimes uh, is difficult to achieve, but that is the holy grail. But it doesn't mean it has to be there, but those are the things. And in should think about whether they are gonna start a business or whether they are in business, they really need to think about innovation, design, and brand building to stay ahead of the herd. That's
0: so so good. and so poignant so thank you for for sharing that and I think the the audience will will greatly appreciate it so Per thank you so much for for going on this ride and journey today It's been a fun conversation and I think the first of many that we will uh, continue to have and, and thanks for being a, a long-standing, uh, influencer and brand builder in this community, and and being you know an active entrepreneur, an active investor as well. Uh, really excited to see how the the companies that you're involved with uh, through Wellender she how they perform and how they go along. And I am committed that we're going to find one to work on together in the very very near future. So uh, keep keep doing what you're doing, and and thanks again for being here. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at AccelerateOC.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's Accelerate OC together.